Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 242 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, joined by my co-host, as always, Adnan Ikech at Say Which Way. Adnan, how are we doing tonight? Uh, doing well, braving these May days, um, you know, continuing this dead part of the dead period, um, yep. pre-training camp, post-draft, and, you know, we're, we're talking OTAs out here. I'm talking the big, the big OTA uh, word there, and we're actually going to be probably talking about why nothing that happens at OTAs really matters, but... You know, I should have probably saved that for, you know, 30 minutes into the show. Uh, so don't don't leave. You know, we, we, we do have some interesting things to talk about. But uh, overreacting to a couple of practice clips, probably not going to be one of them, but I can't speak for my other guests. He is, of course, Eric Robinson at underscore Eric underscore Robinson over at ESPN. Eric, welcome back. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good to hear it. Yes. Well. We did actually get some roster news, right? Uh, so that there is a, a small amount of news to talk about. We have to hold on to these little breadcrumbs uh, whenever, wherever we can, really, uh, because there's no telling how long it'll be until the next roster transaction happens. Uh, so we'll get to that with a couple of, of wide receiver swaps and a, a surprise retirement. What is this, two, two years in a row that we've had a surprise retirement in, uh, in the middle of... I think May or June. I, I can't remember exactly when Eddie Goldman was last year. I think it was closer uh, to camp. I, thought it was I think it was yeah. a bit like right before training camp. Yeah. 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 Got out there that that Georgia Sun and was like, mm, no, not for me. But he's back now, so all's forgiven. All's forgiven. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to some of those wide receiver swaps. Talk talk a little bit about Jared Bernhardt, and of course, uh, see if we can parse anything from from the uh, kickoff of OTAs here, uh, which of course, you know. Again, not necessarily the uh, the most important of all the off-season stuff, but uh, it is the first time we've really gotten to see all aspects of this team on the field together, uh, where, you know, at rookie minicamp, it was a very limited number of players that were out there. Uh, now, more or less, the whole team is out there, except for maybe a few players that are still recovering from injury. So there's some, some things to talk about. And, of course, some, it's cool to see some of these guys in the Falcons uniforms for the first time. Um, and before we get too far, I want to let the patrons know, or anyone that would like to become a patron, that our next Q&A is going to be uh, Friday, I believe, at 6 p.m. Eastern. So bring us your, your biggest and boldest uh, questions. They don't have to be about OTAs. I'm not going to make you guys really, you know, scrape the bottom of the barrel for those takes. But they, they could be about any, any topics. But uh, yeah, Friday at 6, so mark your calendars, patrons, anyone else that would like to join us there. Uh, patreon.com slash falcoholic lives where you get involved with that uh, we also of course uh, would like to remind people to join up with the community discord if you haven't done that yet uh, lots of good conversation going on there as always and look you know sometimes you just need people to talk falcons football with especially this time of year when there's really very very little uh, going on so definitely uh, join us there uh, before we get started with tonight's topics want to thank 
Our sponsor, BetOnline.ag, our number one source for all your sports betting needs, including info, stats, news, and scores. You can get the latest odds and lines for this year's NBA playoffs. Remember last week, and I was like, "Oh, maybe you should, you know, you could bet on the Heat and maybe make a lot of money." Well, if you had listened to my not betting advice, you know, you, maybe you'd be in line to make a lot of money uh, with the Heat. You know, potentially uh, pulling off a, a big upset here. Uh, but no matter what you do, right, guys? Uh, BetOnline is. Your sports intel headquarters this season as they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from the aforementioned NBA, MLB, NHL hockey, golf, all the way to UFC and boxing. A bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options in your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to that website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so let's let's kick it off with the news. We'll lead off with, with that. Uh, we did get a pair of roster moves, a surprising retirement, and a wide receiver signing. Uh, that's a name that pro- you'll probably recognize, uh, which you can't say that you can't say that about every wide receiver the Falcons have brought in this offseason, but uh, we did unfortunately see the, the retirement of Jared Bernhardt, who of course was one of the training camp darlings and, and preseason heroes last year. Uh, Ritter connecting with, with Bernhardt sealed uh, a late preseason win. That's maybe the most fun play of the entire preseason. And Bernhardt defied the odds going from like a, a you know, division two quarterback uh, to an NFL wide receiver, former lacrosse star as well. Uh did make the roster, only ended up appearing in two game, uh, two games, but did stick around uh, until he ended up on IR late in the season. Unfortunately, he decides to hang him up. We don't have any details on that. I don't know if he wants to go back to lacrosse. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. Like, like if I was, you know, one of the best lacrosse players in the world or like a sort of fringe NFL player trying to fight for my roster spot every week, I might just want to go back to the sport where I'm like the best, you know, me personally, like that's why I ski, right? Cause you know, that's why I don't try to play NFL football. That's why I ski. Cause I, I know, I know my place. I just talk and about football, right? That so, NFL minimum contract is worth like 10 years of being a star lacrosse player. I mean, you're not wrong, Adnan, but on that note, Adnan, uh, as we, as we bid a fond farewell to Jared Bernhardt, uh, what do you think about that retirement? And did you think he actually had a shot at making the roster once again this year? I wish this had been announced before last week's show because you know <laughs> I went on a whole you know I went on a whole like um, you know talk about how Jared Bernhardt probably had a bit of a leg up in the wide receiver competition over some of the the newer guys that uh, will be in training camp because you know he's familiar with the playbook he has that chemistry with Desmond Ritter you know he probably caught a lot of passes from Ritter in practice last year before he was injured um so I definitely think that I'm I was definitely shocked when it happened and I'm def I definitely do think that he would have had a really solid chance of you know making the roster again but uh you know he ended up you know deciding that he didn't want to uh, you know, give give it that attempt. I I think it's a, I think it's a hell of a story, no matter what, to go from, you know, a Tower Tanian winner. I think that's what it's called for like the best lacrosse yeah. player in college. Uh, to playing, I I think he only had like a year of like, you know, football experience beyond the high school level, and you know, to make an NFL roster, that's that's really impressive, and it shows you know just what kind of an athlete he is. 
Um, best of luck to him moving forward. But yeah, we, uh, you know, the team did get a replacement that we will talk about uh, later on in the show. But yeah, it was definitely surprising to me. Um, I'm disappointed that I don't get to watch Jared Bernhardt in training camp this year. I was going to keep a close eye on him. Uh, he is one of the favorites. I I wrote like a really, you know, a, a bit of an in-depth-ish article on him last year um, talking about his journey, which was really cool. But at the end of the day, nobody will ever be able to take away the fact that he made it, like he had, at least for one year made it in the NFL after nobody in their right mind thought that he would at this time last year. So that's, that's very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was a big accomplishment for him, obviously to make it. I got to meet um, some of Bernhardt's family at camp and they were very complimentary of us talking about him, but I mean, it wasn't like we went out of our way to do it. He just, he made the plays at training camp. He made it easy. (laughs) He made it easy to talk about him. So um, definitely best of luck to him wherever he goes. Eric, wanted to get your, your take there as well. I know, I think you were also uh, fairly high on, on Bernhardt after his, uh, you know, making the roster as a guy who really hadn't played anything above Division Two, not really played much receiver either. It was impressive. So what do you think about uh, Bernhardt deciding to hang him up here? You know, I, I think a lot of people take for granted how hard it is to make an NFL roster. And for him to literally come off of one field and into another one and make the roster in one preseason is is very impressive. And that's that's a feather that that's going to be in his cap forever. Um, I'm assuming at this point he's, I guess, the the football workload and, and what comes with it is it was a little too much for him to, you know, to keep up with and maintain. And that's and that's fine. That's OK. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, what he did last year was something that a lot of people would just would love to have, have the opportunity to do. And and he accomplished that. So, you know, best best wishes to him in, in his future future endeavors. Um, but, you know, Jared Bernhardt was was given an opportunity and, and he he took it and he ran away with it. And and it, it got to a point, honestly, where we thought at one point in time, he may actually be a mainstay because of just what was being said about him, what we saw for him in preseason and, and, and what we know that this team looks for in wide receivers that are at that position of the depth chart. You know, he definitely was able to provide special teams value. And, and we figured, like, okay, he may actually be someone that's, you know, he may be a Falcon for a little bit. We'll see. So best wishes to him. Uh, but much respect for, for what he was able to accomplish last year. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. You know, it was very impressive. And he was he was a fun player to watch. It seemed like the instant chemistry he showed with Desmond Ritter maybe would have given him a leg up again this year. But, uh, hey, can't blame the guy for – Going out on a high note, making making an NFL roster. I mean, getting still what one year of full NFL contract. I mean, that's nothing but, to shake a stick right. at either. So, um, there's guys who spend their entire lives training for this that don't yeah. make it as far as he did. Like, yeah, how many guys play. don't like get cut? Don't make an NFL roster like that. Yeah. That's right. insanely right. impossible. Right. So very impressive, and best of luck to you, Jared. Uh, in your next line of work, whatever that may be, I'm sure you'll crush it. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
before we get to the signing, wanted to read off our first donation tonight uh, from Corey with the five dollars. Thank you so much, Corey. Man, really appreciate that. He says I wanted to wanted to be the first to donate to the Falcoholic Training Camp Fund. Yes, thank you for noticing, Corey. Uh, he says we need to average exactly eight eighty two uh, eight dollars and eighty two cents a day to get us there. Uh, also, was afraid Bernhard was never going to make it. I I'm gonna now go with uh, Slade Bolden uh, making it instead of Bernhardt. So that's an interesting take there. We'll get to that as well. But thank you, Corey. Like, yes, as Corey said, thank you for reminding me. Uh, the training camp fund officially kicks off today. So if you're interested in helping uh, support our coverage, get get me down there. Uh, maybe maybe take, you know, on an eye I'm not quite certain. I'm not quite certain that Slade would have even beaten him out. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. That, mm-hmm. I mean, Jared at least has an entire year in the system. So that is a major leg up right there. Like special teams value is, is one thing, but he, he has an entire year in that playbook. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a guarantee. Honestly. No, no. I, I had, I had Bernhardt penciled in as the fifth guy. Um, I had him penciled as the, as the six. I figured they were, mm-hmm. I figured they were going to keep six receivers and I thought he would have been the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I it, I definitely think he he would have had an advantage. But moving forward, unfortunately, Bernhard not no longer in the picture. We do now enter uh, a guy you probably heard of if you followed the draft at all. Uh, wide receiver JJ Ortega Whiteside, uh, who was a second round pick of the Philadelphia Eagles during their period where they couldn't seem to hit on any of their receivers. Now it seems like they've hit on every receiver they've added. But uh, Ortega Whiteside didn't quite live up to his college production. Um, he did, however, you know, come in with great size, right? 6'2", 225 plus, uh, you know, physical guy, uh, really good run blocker. So, hey, that's that's going to help him on the Falcons. Uh, 75.4 run block grade and, uh, and special teams also at over a 70 grade. So he's a good special teamer and a good run blocker. What we don't know is, has he improved as a pass catcher? The Falcons did list him as a receiver. I know um, the Eagles and the Seahawks had dabbled with maybe converting him to tight end. So I, it seems like the Falcons, at least for now, see him as a receiver. Um, but Eric, I'll give you the first crack at this. I mean, it's certainly an interesting name. Obviously, he hasn't lived up to the draft capital invested at this point, but the Falcons are basically signing him for nothing. So what do you think about Ortega Whiteside's uh, opportunity uh, here? And, and, and looks like, I mean, it's pretty much wide open, honestly. So, I mean, you know, you got to wonder a little bit. Um, what's the, with the signing of, of Bolden and Penny Hart and JJ Ortega Whiteside, what's the theme here? Is the theme, are they looking for special teams value? Are they actually looking for guys that can actually make some significant contribution to the offense? Like, what's what's the theme here? Because those three guys are three completely different receivers in my eyes. So um, when it comes to our Sega Whiteside, man, I, I, I can understand the in, intrigue. You say that he PFF graded him at what in special 75, teams? 75 run block grade, 72 or 71.8 uh, special teams grade in 2021, which is the last year he qualified for grades because he played enough snaps or whatever. But uh, so, you know, those are good grades in those areas. I mean, they're they're good enough to make the roster. Um, but my. Hmm. It's, it's hard to gauge him as a as a player overall because I don't 
I don't know where his receiving acumen is right now. Like I don't yeah. I don't know what type of a receiver he is. Sure, he may be able to provide special teams value. However, if I feel like if Bolden and Hart can provide the same thing, I, I think that may give them more of an advantage because of their ability as receivers. I just don't know where he is as a receiver. I don't know if he's stuck in this weird transition from receiver to tight end. Because if he is, I don't like his chances. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. But no, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I'll say this. I I know they looked at his size that first day of his tryout, and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> yes." I like that. <laughs> <laughs> like he probably didn't really have to do a whole lot. He just walked onto the field, and Arthur Smith was like, "Oh my god, like, yes." It's That's what Arthur Smith yeah. has in mind. Yeah. Probably with the Eagles yeah. too when they dropped him in the second yeah. round. A little too much of that. Yeah. I mean, did you the okay, well let me ask you guys this. Coming out of college, coming out of Stanford, did you guys feel that was validated enough for him to be a second round pick? Like you, did you guys think he was a, a day two hmm. prospect coming up? I, I don't think he should have gone before Metcalf. No, definitely not. I at that point. I think I had him graded as a day two player. I don't remember what my exact ranking was, but I definitely had him behind Metcalf, and I can't even remember. I feel that class feels like so long ago now. It's crazy. Yeah, so uh, the receivers that went right after him, uh, well, Andy Isabella hasn't really done anything. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, Metcalf, Deontay Johnson made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. The, uh, with the Steelers, you had Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I definitely oh. have McLaurin over him. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Hurd. But yeah, definitely McLaurin and, and Metcalf really like made that look like sort of a foolish mm-hmm. collection in hindsight. Yeah. Well I, you know what? I, I think I, I think him being at the NFL level would have been fine if it wasn't for the fact that when he got drafted by Phil, like they needed receiver help. Yeah. And they needed him to develop quicker than expected. Yep. And I don't think he was ready for that. No. Um I think it would have been a better situation for him to be taken on like day three. And it's like, Hey, we're going to gradually get this, you know, a two year experiment where you can actually become an NFL receiver and not like there was expectation from him in year one. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help going to play for that terrible ass fan base either. In Philadelphia, (laughs) (laughs) The The second that you're like, even slightly like, you know, not playing up to standards, they really like come after you. Right. Even if you even if you still got a level of development that you have to hit, like it's Philly. So yeah, it's like it's super it's brutal. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, and then they follow that pick up with Jalen Rager the next year. So that, that the Eagles had that oh. little that little run of just missing yeah, receivers. That was the galaxy. Uh, that was the galaxy, yeah. the galaxy where they took over. Me they could have had they could have had DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson and back. They could have. That that would make the Eagles so terrifying right now. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> they, then they would have kept their pick that uh they took AJ or that they traded for AJ Brown. Yep. And mm-hmm. they could have enhanced the roster even more. I mean, like uh, they're doing just fine. They're doing just like, fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. but it was, I mean they it were was, smart, was, right? They they made the move for AJ no, Brown that they needed to. Right now, and and I was like, yeah, but there was a point in time where like you mentioned earlier, Kevin, like they're struggling to get quality receivers. And and yeah. this is this was an example. It was during this period here where they went from Arcega Whiteside to Rager and neither one of them worked out. So Yeah. That's br- it's bad. 
you know, I don't know if it's bad scouting or bad luck because they're two completely different types of receiver too. So completely it's, different. Yeah. Um, so, and the thing is, even though you, you, even though the receivers are fine now, like they have a really terrifying core with AJ Brown and Devon or Devonte Smith. It's the opportunity cost of if they hit on those two wide receiver selections, they could have used those first rounders on other positions mm-hmm. uh, in, in the years to come, which, you know, I, I would say that Jefferson and Metcalf would be, you know, the best wide receiver duo in the league, you know, by, <laughs> by a pretty fair margin. By far. And, <laughs> yeah, they could have, like, you know, that defense could have been even scarier, that O-line or, like, whatever. Yeah. And what year What year was that was 2019. Was... Ortega Whiteside was 2019 and Rager was 2020. So, yeah. That was what, two two years after they beat, after they won the Super Bowl? I think so. so yeah. Two, yeah, two years. Uh, after, yeah, because they won the Super Bowl the year after we got. The year after us, yeah. Yeah, after Which was, Keanu they, Neal they might have, knee punted. They, that, honestly, uh, they might have they <laughs> might have had another ring by now, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know they're doing fine at receiver now, but if you're talking about having Metcalf and Jefferson for what would be what three years now, two or three years now. They might be they might have another ring at this point. They might actually beat the Chiefs last year. Just saying. Not saying that they're but they're like you said, Adam, they're doing fine. They're they're, okay. they're doing just fine. But yeah, on on, on the uh you can't really poke of... any holes at the Eagles right now. Yeah, so right. Yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're not really yeah, in the business of doing that at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah. But what do you think about Ortega Whiteside uh, now that he's here? Uh, on our, our, you think he's you think he's got a shot? I mean, obviously he has a shot, but what, what do you think about his, his chances? Shot, yeah. yeah, it's um. So the difference for him, when we just talk through all of the pressure he was at in Philadelphia. You know, with that heinously terrible fan base, and with that, um, it, you know, what with the expectations on him, given their uh, weakness on the depth chart. Here in Atlanta, it's the complete opposite. Like, sure, he's having to fight and claw for his roster spot, but you know, you bring him in for essentially nothing as as a May signing. Uh, the expectations are completely low. Uh, he can just come in and play, which I think is something he has not been able to do in Philadelphia thus far. If he does make it, he will make it as a special teamer. But he definitely has, you know, some intrigue. Uh, he has the size uh, that you guys talked about. He's what six foot two, two hundred twenty-five pounds coming out of college. Um, I think he's close to two forty now. Yeah, yeah he he, may he bulked it. up. I think he bulked up at some point to play tight end. And so it's not like bad. Closer to, yeah. No, yeah, I think he was like two thirty-seven at uh, rookie yeah. minicamp. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad weight. He hasn't gotten fat. No, he's. It's not that Kelvin Benjamin (laughs) way. No. (laughs) That offensive tackle built there with Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's like, he's, he's a solidly big dude. Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is a guy that, you know, former basketball player, like he knows how to post guys up. He he caught 14 touchdowns, you know, in his last year in, in, in college at Stanford. Like that's, that's not nothing. It's yeah. you went for over a thousand yards for. I mean, that's a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, so he, I think, given his NFL experience, he's in his prime, twenty six years old. Given the fact that he 
is a plus special teamer and a plus blocker, and he has that size that Arthur Smith absolutely, you know, craves. I think he is probably one of the favorites to make the roster. And at the very least, if he does make the roster, I can see them putting in some, you know, some red zone packages for him at the very least from a wide receiver perspective, because this is, this is a team of giants at this point uh, in Atlanta. You know, you have Kyle Pitts, you have Drake London, you know, Whiteside is possibly one of those guys that, that can, that can get to that. Um, Matt Collins isn't a small guy. Um, So, I don't know. It's it's an intriguing prospect, and you know, but you never know. Uh, I I remember sitting here at this point a year ago thinking that Auden Tate was going to be, you know, oh, probably Tate. one of the. <laughs> I'll never God. I'll never forget the first like two days of Auden Tate for that training camp. Oh where he had God. like he had like three awesome catches in like the first oh two days of training God. camp, we and then all like on it, yeah, yeah, and we were then all it was, on Auden then Tate, it was like, all over. Man, <laughs> this might be a number two wide receiver on this team. Didn't even make we it to like the last preseason game. No man, it was. Yeah. <laughs> See, guys, you know, we don't. We're not always right, so please don't think that we are. No, uh, we're, we, not. we're not. No. So we're just we, doing the best we, we thought can. that was the signing of the century, honestly. Oh yeah, it was, we were hyped. Yeah. Smith and Terry, they're so much smarter they're than cooking. everyone else. They're cooking out there. Yeah, let them cook. Let them cook. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you never know. Like he, he I, I think with the pressure off of him, I. If I'm sitting here on May 20, what, 24th, I would say, yeah, I would probably pencil him in in my May projections as uh, as a guy on the 53-man right now. But that means absolutely nothing because, you know, we could be here a year from now saying, oh, remember how we thought J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was going to be the guy for this team? And, you know, he didn't end up making it. So, you know, you never know. This is just us speculating because it's Maine. We have nothing else to talk about. I mean, do we, do we know for sure if he's strictly going to be a wide receiver? I, I don't think we know. So. I would assume so. Like, because because my, my thing is this if he's making last, last year, he was with, you know, Seattle. He was, or his last season with Seattle, he was, you know, kind of sort of in the middle of that transition. I'm wondering if, they're looking at this as if like, okay, you know what? Let's let's continue this transition to tight end. And he replaces Miko. Yeah, I mean they haven't brought they haven't brought Miko back yet. So. Right. I wonder I wonder if that may be the route that they're going with this. Because yeah. if it is, then I I might be a little bit more intrigued than I was before. Yeah. Because they, they, I mean, they listed him as a wide receiver when they signed him. That doesn't necessarily mean much, but, um, you know, it, the Falcons do certainly have that propensity for keeping the big receivers. Um, right. you know, but, but you have right. to think like Drake London and Matt Collins, they may keep five, they may keep six. Last year, they mostly kept five, but it just depends probably on how they want to do the depth chart and, you know, special teams and that sort of thing. Um, you know, if they keep, with with London and Mac Hollins there, you know, do, do they want another big receiver for the final one? You know, and and Kadero Hodge has some pretty good size too. I think he's like six two. So, um, you know, it's just like what's that's the question. Like, do they want another bigger guy or do they want another smaller guy? Because right now, you know, you've got Scotty Miller as sort of your deep threat, Demir Bird replacement. But, you know, for that final spot, do they want more of that Penny Hart? Frank Darby, you know, five ten to six foot sort of smaller, shiftier guy, or do they want more of the, 
you know, JJ Artega Whiteside, Josh Lee, Justin Marshall, right. you know, bigger guy. Cause they right. got, you know, there's two different groups of receivers sort of that we have, you know, with like, like I said, Scotty Miller and Penny Hart and Xavier Malone and Keelan Harris and, and Frank Darby and Slade Bolden. And then you've got like the big guys with like Justin Marshall mm-hmm. and JJ Ortega Whiteside and uh, Josh Ali. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know what direction they're going to go. You know, if they keep six, they're probably going to keep one from each of those groups. Like they'll probably keep one bigger guy and one smaller guy. But if they only keep five, then it sort of makes it more interesting. But I think practice squad at worst certainly is, I think, what a lot of these guys are competing for because you have to think they're going to keep at least one of these bigger wide receivers as their, like, top practice squad backup type guy too. So Because my, my thing is this. If he if he's also going to transition to tight end, what's the point of having Felipe Franks on? <laughs> you, there's no, you can't stop Felipe Franks, okay? You can only hope to contain him. Yes, we can. <laughs> All right? And if this is the way that they want to go with it, then I'm okay with it. I'm fine. All right. Yeah. Let's turn our Sega White Slab into a tight end and let's get Franks off my roster. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, I just, it does, if this is the route that they're going, I'm okay with it. Uh, no, Felipe Franks isn't going anywhere. Nice try. Yes. No, it's impossible. We can't. We're, guys, we're trapped in okay. here. We're trapped in here with him. So you yeah. guys want the 2023 season to not happen at all? <laughs> you just no, want no, it to I, end. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that I want or don't want anything. I'm saying that Felipe Franks has, you know, more of a <laughs> more of a lock on that roster spot than Kyle gets at this. He's point. like the Thanos I, of this roster. He's inevitable. I, so. I swear to God, I may be down <laughs> in the area around week one, and if I am, we won't have a game. We won't have a season. <laughs> Yeah, I'm putting that out there. Mm-hmm. He makes my final roster. We're gonna have a that, um, <laughs> real problem. I will say though, um, that new quarterback rule that lets you have the third quarterback, you know, as an emergency oh, option. I think that sort of takes away some of that yeah. Felipe value. It does because mm-hmm. Felipe Franks was like, you know, he's your tight end. Yep. Uh, who you know is activated every game. He's not even listed as inactive. They, they dress him. Um, and he was always that like emergency quarterback, which I mean, now that's not really needed. Yeah. But no, you know, I, it's I even better than having three quarterbacks, having four. There you go. Cause then, then you're even safer. No, yes. and, a lot of people ask me about that. Funny enough. And folks, the rule is okay. From how I understand it. What the hell is wrong first, with you guys? Look, just <laughs> let me have this. Okay. <laughs> no, look, look, so technically, Philippe, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I have never seen Arthur Smith happier than when I asked him a Felipe Frank question in training camp. He was I happy with that the, man the moment smiled. we drafted Big Side. He, he was hysterical. No, no one. You, you always he remember was, your first he was project, even happier. Eric. He was even happier when I asked about <laughs> Felipe Franks. No, you always remember your first project, Eric, right? So. You, nothing that will ever replace Felipe Franks for Arthur Smith. But uh, no, so Felipe Franks is listed as a tight end. So he can't be the third quarterback unless they change him to quarterback, in which case he could. But then he would be, he would only be able to play if there were two, if there were quarterback injuries. So, so my, right. So if that's the case, it doesn't switch yeah. our single white side to tight end, <laughs> let them battle it out, battle. But what? But what, they, if our second quarterback, what if your third quarterback also gets hurt? Well, what, then what you then? need. Then, then we just give it to Bijan. We have Bijan. Yeah, you just don't give it to Bijan direct snap at that point, right? Yes, um, that's all we yeah. need to do. But anything no, but Felipe. 
We, that's why we signed Mohamed Sanu back, so he can be oh, the emergency oh, quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and Mohamed Sanu has been really like advocating, and he's been, you know, he's been pushing it on Twitter, like, "Hey guys, you know, are you sure you guys don't want me back? You guys sure? You guys what absolutely, are you doing, guys. So you know, he's he's he, he'll only be thirty four this year, okay? So like, <laughs> only. Only, Unless yeah. the Patriots are giving us another second rounder for him. <laughs> Maybe we can flip him again. I mean, that was pretty genius, right? So, um, yeah, but no. then we wasted that pick on Hayden Hurst. Yeah. No, so the court, the third quarterback will probably actually hurts Felipe's chances of making the roster more than it would help him. And it probably means that the Falcons are going to keep that third quarterback on the roster, where in years past they frequently didn't. Um just because you get to activate that extra player. Um, so I think a lot of teams will, will pivot to, to having that available and act, having an actual third quarterback instead of prioritizing having some kind of emergency quarterback option. Um, you know, we'll see how that plays out, but that's sort of my thoughts on, on what that'll be. Yeah, and we do have Troy Anderson as well. He, he played quarterback uh, for, for There you go. Boom. Yeah, so, Let's do it. Yep. Anything but Franks. But is he a former, <laughs> what, four or five-star prospect from high school? I don't think so. Yeah, Wasn't he not, like not... big sky offensive player of the year or something? Yes, like that? multiple times. Once as quarterback and once as a running back. <laughs> and then he was all like, I think all FCS linebacker also. Troy Anderson. Yeah, it was like yeah, defensive player of the year or something. But he like didn't that. go through the grind of an FCC schedule. That's right. That's right. You you can't you can't you just can't replace that rigor. Uh, you can't replace the rigor of a of, a, of an SEC season in terms of. You know, there's no rigor. Okay, guys. All right. <laughs> this is this is all a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm moving on to OTAs, I did promise we'd talk about OTAs at least a little bit. Um, there were some things right um, that we saw. So first of all, uh, injury updates. Uh, Kyle Pitts, Taquan Graham, and Caleb Huntley were not actively practicing. They were, I believe, out there, but they weren't wearing helmets. They were sort of still rehabbing. Uh, and then both Jesse Bates and Cordell Patterson were not in attendance. Jesse Bates apparently had uh, an excused absence. I mean, it's not, these aren't mandatory, but I guess Bates, you know, they specifically said he was welcoming in his new baby. Uh, so congrats to Jesse Bates on that one. Um, Brand new Falcons, man. Yep, there we go. Uh, so not much, not nothing there was surprising. All three of those guys, Caleb Huntley, I don't think we're going to see at all. Um, until maybe partway through the season. So I would not be surprised if we don't see him much at all. Uh, but I think Kyle Pitts and Taquan Graham will, will see by the start of training camp at the latest. Um, those guys could be back as early as like mandatory mini camp in a few more weeks, but we'll, we'll see. Um, next interesting bit to talk about, uh, Avery Williams, the positionless, the original positionless player, right? First was a DB, then a running back. And apparently now a receiver, I guess, uh, one of the tidbits from this week was that Avery Williams working with the receivers, uh, through the early OTA sessions. So what do you guys think about Avery Williams, uh, adding just another position to his repertoire? I will say if I um I would hate Avery Williams if he was being transitioned into my position group if I was one of those fringe guys. Yeah. Because Avery Williams has a, a lock on one of those roster spots because he's a hell of a returner. And you know, imagine being one of those like guys who are, who's fighting tooth and nail for that spot and it's like, oh, 
there's one less of these available now because we're just going to put Avery Williams over here. But, you know, I mean, it's it adds value. And, you know, Avery Williams, I talked to him at camp last year and I asked him about that transition. And he said that was all the coaches. Like, they came to him. Uh, they pitched him the idea of moving from DB to running back. And, you know, he, without hesitation, uh, grasped at that opportunity. He took that challenge. And if he's switching positions again if I'm, I'm not saying he will or won't but you know he definitely seems like the type of guy who will you know answer whatever challenge the coaches give to him and this could be one of those cases but avery williams no matter what position he is that's that's just one of those depth like pieces his value is in his great punt returning which i mean I, i've said it in shows past he's the best returner that we've had since Eric Weems 1.0 in like 2010. Yeah. Devin Hester, maybe, you know, but like. Hester was fine. Uh, I mean, he was obviously more of a kick return specialist, but yeah. yeah. Look, it's going to be an unpopular opinion. I think as a Falcon, he was a little bit overrated. As, I, I still thought his kick returns were really good, but like, it, his punt returns good. weren't, you know, they weren't vintage <laughs> Hester. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's just he's like he's talked about so much as like you know for that like uh, return which like broke Deion Sanders' record and rightfully so, but it's like people always bring that up and I'm over here like, yeah, I mean that that was a cool moment, but you know we won that game by like 40 either way. <laughs> it was, it was so only, like, nice. Yeah. It was nice. It was no, nice no, you're, you're not. You're... You're not wrong though. Um, like I would, I would say Avery Williams so far has been a better punt returner than Hester was for the Falcons. Could we say the same thing about Cordero as a returner? Oh, absolutely. No, a hundred percent. Like Cordero doesn't even want to return like most of the kicks that come his way. No, he don't. He doesn't. Yeah, and he's he's and now with these new rule changes, he's probably right. (laughs) And I think that I think the one he wanted to return last year, the one he did return was because he fumbled on the previous possession yeah. so he was kind of sort of like trying to make up for that so and, and he did um <laughs> he did right um i get when it when it comes to every like is the one thing that will regardless of your ability regardless of your your measurables the one thing that will keep you in the nfl is versatility if you're able to do a number of things somebody will find a spot on a roster for you somehow somewhere you know and and i don't mind him getting this type of ojt at running back and then at receiver now it if, if especially if they really want him if they really want to incorporate him into the offensive scheme and if they do that's another wrinkle to it that's another guy on the field along with Cordero, along with Drake, along with Janu, along with Pitts, along with Bijan, that can be wherever you want him to be. Um, so I think for both sides, it works. You, you're potentially adding a, a guy to your scheme that you can slot in as a running back or slot in in many facets in, in different places. And for, for Avery himself, if his career is, you know, his long-term career does not keep him in Atlanta, I, I promise you other teams will look at this and say, okay, you know what? We, we can find a spot for him some, somehow, somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right about that for sure. Um, and it, I wonder if they're just trying to make him like their, their back end of the roster backup 
as many places as they can. It's like, look, Avery, you're going to yeah, be, I think, I think so, yeah. you're going to be like our fourth running back our like sixth receiver yeah. and like our like extra cornerback DB in case we have a catastrophe, and, which and our, did happen once backup, last year, actually. Yeah. And our punt returner and backup kick returner. Like, you, yeah. Yeah. And especially for, especially for a guy, his size, he doesn't have prototypical NFL size. So the next best thing for him is to show that he's able to, to play various positions because he he doesn't have um the he doesn't have the favorable measures that you know like our Sega Whiteside does the fact that the guy is 62240 that almost right. is going to get him on the number of rosters Avery doesn't have that yeah. but in his back pocket he can show I can kick return I can punt return I can play running back I can play receiver I can play slot corner I can do whatever yeah. somebody will find a spot yeah, that it helps for sure. And his, his roster spot already wasn't in jeopardy, and I wonder if that's why they're trying to cross train him as many places as possible. Because it's like, okay, Avery, you're making the yeah. roster, you're going to be our returner, but let's cross train you as many places as we can, so you can basically be our emergency depth piece, and not just one. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know, at a lot of different spots, and and that way they can right. afford maybe they it, it'll give them more game day inactive flexibility and 53 man roster flexibility. If they know they've got somebody they can count on as at least like a emergency depth piece at a lot of these positions, it, it could lead right. to them keeping more like five receivers or maybe keeping, you know, four running backs or, you know, whatever, like they, they, they have flexibility to do some different, like maybe, you know, five or six corners or, you know, five corners instead of six, because they know he can be their emergency sixth corner or whatever. So it's super smart. Like, yeah, best time to plan for a disaster is before you're going through one and i don't know that they've been this regime i i i pay them a lot of compliments for considering a lot of stuff that you know regular people and even that other regimes don't really consider as much we talked last week about how many of these you know, guys in other leagues, they have been scouting and signing, you know, the XFL guys, the CFL guys, like, you know, Alford last year uh, was a guy from the CFL and he stuck. He made the roster. He was one of those uh, preseason, like, you know, preseason gems. Now, mm-hmm. last last week, they signed two or three more XFL guys. Uh, you know, they're, I don't know. I, I give them a lot of compliments for leaving no stone unturned in, in everything. And, you know, this is the sort of preparation that you really need to give yourself a bit of a leg up in the NFL where, you know, even getting that slight extra bit can be the difference between, you know, a seven win season and maybe a nine win season in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's a game of very fine margins. That That type of scouting is what Terry Fontenot built his reputation on. Like that going out to differently to the CFL, you know, going outside of the NFL and and looking for guys. That's how that's how he was able to bring in David Onyemata. That's how he was able to find a hidden gem in Akeem Hicks. Like that, I feel like that is not I don't I feel like that is not really talked about enough outside of Falcon circles when it comes to Terry Fontenot. His ability to scout the pro personnel. Is yeah. something that he's built his reputation on, and it, it's it's happened so far. It's, it's it's worked quite well so far. Yeah, no, I think it, it's starting. We're starting to see the payoff, and that the Falcons are getting 
a lot of really interesting depth pieces. You know, D. Alford is one, and I think you know we may see him even yeah. take on a bigger role this year. We'll see how it how it plays yeah. out. But you know, a bunch of XFL players coming in, some CFL guys, some guys sticking around, um, and they're constantly mm-hmm. sort of churning too. Like they're, you know, it, like we've seen a lot of minor moves, but like you know, rookie minicamp they they swapped 14 players around after they saw some new guys so it's like they're not content either we're just like they're not just like oh well, we got these guys let's see how they look in camp it's like no we think these guys we had at mini camp are better than what we had so let's let's you know swap them out let's let's see what we got something that the previous regime didn't want to do (laughs) yeah or the regime before that one i mean that's technically (laughs) like what question, off-season question. Are we counting it as one regime, the Thomas Dimitrov one, or is it Dimitrov and Smith is one, and then yeah. Dimitrov and Kane is one? That's two different ones. I would, I would I'm, count that as I'm two counting different. it. I'm counting it off coaches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For the Mike Smith era, the Dan Quinn era. That that's that's when when I when I say regime, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because no, I, I think I that's mean, fair. Span over yeah. both, but. That's yeah. the, compl- the level of complacency that we saw from both, as you mentioned, that name, that we saw from both Mike Smith and Dan Quinn, it was it was hard to ignore, and it got the team in trouble a number of occasions. And you don't see it from this from this regime now. They are they're not complacent. They're constantly bringing in guys. I mean, the fact that they signed Slade Bolton, Penny Hart, and Arcega Whiteside in a matter of what two weeks? Yeah, like damn, for one spot, he's. <laughs> Pretty so much for one or two. They keep spots ratcheting maybe? it up. Like, yeah, they keep ratcheting up that competition. Uh, yeah. So I'm, okay I'm not saying that you know I'm not saying anyone's on the hot seat or anything, but doesn't it feel like these guys are working as if like you know they're on the hot seat, like you know they're absolutely, really, absolutely. They're just like, and that's what you want. Like that. That's that's right. why the Patriots were so successful. Like Bill Belichick was going out and doing shit that like where it seemed like you know he was doing this desperate stuff that's like on the hot seat, which was giving his Mm -hmm. team a leg up, even though Bill Belichick has the best job security in NFL history. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what you want to see. Like, that's what you want to see from your guys where, you know, you use the word complacency. Like you do not want to see your regimes be complacent. You want them to, to be, you know, it's May and they're over here watching XFL games and seeing, you know, they're doing stuff that other guys aren't doing. And that right. can be the difference. That can be the difference between having, you know, that really good, that really solid depth, because, you know, we remember in the Mike Smith era, there was no depth like at all. No. On the team. No. That team was so top heavy. The end of the Dan Quinn regime, that team was so top heavy to the point where mm-hmm. you had four guys taking up what, like 30 something percent of your salary cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, so I did, I did want to get to a couple things before we move on with the OTA stuff. So first of all, we've got a couple donations. First of all, Hal, I believe that's Hal Snipes, uh, in, in the YouTube chat with the $20 training camp donation. He says, let's get Kevin to camp. Hal, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate that. Uh, and then we got George with the $5 saying, what if we won the Super Bowl and it was all because Felipe Franks was our Nick Foles. Does one game the greatest Falcons quarterback make? Would would you would you change your tune on Franks if he won the Falcons the Super Bowl with some kind of Philly special play, Eric? Would that be enough? That has to be enough. Come on, <laughs> that has to be enough. What? Yeah, no one's that big a hater. No one's that big a hater. Andrew. Come on. Yeah. 
He had to think about it though. What, what about would it. what would make what would make someone even form a question like that? Because George wants Honestly, to mess with you. Yeah. We were, we were, we were discussing <laughs> Why? That last week. We were discussing that possibility last yeah. week of is Arthur Smith keeping Felipe Franks year in and year out just for one play for him for him to dial up one surprise package play and you know for it to all be worth it in the end. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know. Hey, I don't care how it gets done. If they win a Super Bowl, Felipe Franks, if he if he has to be the one to do it, I will I will accept that. They, they uh, just throw him happily, lateral happily. And, and yeah. he, he just throws one on a rope to Kyle Pitts downfield. Yeah, and you know that that's you end up winning by like four points. Yeah, but uh, I did also want to touch on um, a lot of people were asking about it. It did break recently that uh, Falcons fullback Keith Smith was arrested on a traffic charge. We did get a little bit more information just now from Ian Rappaport as well. Um, so basically what happened was Smith got a speeding ticket a few months ago. Uh, he informed the team. He paid the ticket, thought it was all good. Apparently something was not checked off correctly. Anyone that knows the DMV and that sort of stuff knows that that's pretty easy to do. Apparently uh, some something happened and his license got suspended as a result. And then when he got pulled over today for, I think, an expired registration or something, because the license was suspended, they arrested him for that. So um, it's not a DUI or anything crazy. I This is not going to affect his availability for the Falcons. It's probably something that's going to get cleared up maybe even before court. So um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, worry or waste too much time with this. Uh, it's not really much of anything. I mean, you know, what, Alan Kamara's on tape beating up somebody. And he's still playing for the Saints. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm just saying, uh, don't, you know, it's not something that's probably going to affect his availability uh, for the team and training camp or even OTAs or anything like that. So, um, Yo. yeah, yeah. So He'll not, not much, not much there, but I did want to, I know a lot of people he just, has, he just has to get, he just has to get rides to practice. That's all it is. Yeah. He needs to get, you no. know, get, get your license updated, update that registration. Yeah. Smith, all right. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> moral of the story check your registration and check your registration not- yep that's the moral of the story we can all learn from it try to follow the speed limit you know yeah, as, as best as you can also yeah um all right next up offensive line position uh stuff the left guard competition first first peak here it is currently matt hennessy at first team left guard not really surprising especially considering it's otas and Matthew Bergeron is the second team left guard. And apparently Jalen Mayfield is currently the second team right guard. Um, and t- uh, Kyle Hinton, I guess, is also working with the the first two units rotating in at the guard spots as well. So it seems like those guys are sort of the early contenders. You know, uh, Matt Hennessy, Matthew Bergeron, and Kyle Hinton, sort of the early contenders um, for left guard. Um, and then... It's confirmed from these OTAs that uh, Jovan Gwynn, Falcon's seventh-round pick, was a college guard. A lot of speculation that he might switch to center given his size limitations. He has switched to center. The Falcons are playing him pretty much exclusively at center, um, getting him cross-trained and set to play there. So that is another uh, interesting development there that he's officially going to be playing center. Uh, yeah, any any thoughts on the early? I mean, we haven't actually seen anything to judge the the battles, but any of these things surprising you guys at this point in terms of who's who's uh, near the top of these depth charts early on? 
Not really. Um, I guess sliding Mayfield over to right. Um, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, mildly, yeah. Mildly let's interesting. Use let's, let's use that word. I, <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to work, guys. All right, I'll be honest with you. Um, he he wasn't on my roster. No. You mean he's not going to beat out Chris Winston? Yeah, I think definitely. Unfortunately for him, yeah. That would be pretty terrifying yeah, to go I'm from Chris Lindstrom to, to Jalen Mayfield. Even sure if he's going to be Lindstrom's backup, I'm not, I'm not even sure he's good enough to be that. I, yeah, he never played left guard. He struggled there. We're going to put him at right guard, which he's never played. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, like really struggling your first year and then missing your entire second year. That's just a really tough scenario to come back from um and the falcons obviously brought in a lot of competition too so there's no guarantee that that he makes it right now i I would not expect him to make the roster i think practice squad is still very much in play for him but um you know we'll see uh i I think kyle hinton may have surpassed him already uh so i i I got i gotta be i feel like i feel like i don't he's at a point right now where practice squad is not even really not guaranteed. guaranteed yeah it's not guaranteed. like they haven't you haven't seen anything from him in what a, over a year yeah the last thing you saw from him wasn't good <laughs> right i was trying not to bury him for that training camp practice either yeah but it was not good yeah, yeah i don't want to i wouldn't want to do that either but i'm saying like you have to there was you know there's no availability from him. You haven't seen anything. He's been shelled. And then now you're seeing him at a different position, which even if he would have stayed at left guard, he would have had to show his butt off this preseason just to make the roster there. I, yeah, I, it's I, tough. I, I, yeah, I don't, mm, it's tough. So yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not, I'm not holding out much hope there to be honest with you. No, I, I am just waiting for someone to lose their mind over Bergeron not being the starting left guard on the May depth. Already, yeah. Because yeah, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody already has. We just haven't seen it yet. Oh, I'm the Falcons sure dropped it a bust. You know, you can't yeah, even. Yeah, he's a bust. Oh, he's, he's not starting in OTAs. He didn't start. He didn't get to start yeah, in OTAs. Yeah. He must this be a bust. This team looked to Drake London as like the fifth string wide receiver until like the third preseason game last year. Yep. Like, it was so pretty good. funny, too. I'll do that. Like, Oh yeah. Um, yeah, they did. I, I mean, I'm guessing Goldman is like far and away the favorite to win that. Yeah, it seems spot. like it. Um, seems like it. I mean, I'm sure there will be some sort of some competition with Hennessy involved, but uh, it, it does show you sort of a little bit their mentality that if Hennessy uh, isn't starting at either center or left guard, he's going to be that swing guard for you, which that's it's not the worst option. I think swing it's a good spot for him. Yeah. Um, is it is it still a little surprising to you guys that they didn't really make any moves? I've been I've been like, shouting Ben Jones's name from from the rooftop yeah. for months and nobody's listening yeah. to me. Um, so uh, maybe maybe it, in training camp, like it just makes too much sense. Like it just makes so much sense for this to happen for for us to have no word from it, unless Jones just like you know privately is retiring and yeah 
and not only him, but Nate Davis as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Like those two guys were, I figured once they were available, that they're clearly on the radar and apparently not. I, okay. I, yeah. I, I don't know I if they, I don't they, know they want to start. Yeah. If they want to start, I think it's going to be, they're not necessarily guaranteed that here. So I wonder if they're waiting for something more promising, but. You don't um, think they would have been guaranteed even before the draft? Like, I, well, I feel like. Y- yes. I feel like, like Davis, they, Davis would have been left guard starter day one. Oh, yeah. If they, if they had like, signed him. I think the fact that they didn't sign him means that they were not, they were wanting to get a young, cheap left guard. Um, so that's, that's, I assume that's why they haven't done it. But I mean, I, I think they probably have at least talked to them. I would be surprised they hadn't had conversations with them. But, um, you know, if I was those guys, I wouldn't be rushing to sign somewhere that I wasn't going to be the starter at this point. You know, they're both veterans. I mean, they don't, yeah. Um, but so. I mean, Jones would start at center here. Like, I, Maybe. I don't, yeah. I yeah. don't see Dolman beating him out for that starting nope. center job. Nope. Uh, yeah. I mean, it seems unlikely. So, um, so maybe right. they just don't want to pay. I mean, I mean, I assume he wants, or maybe he's just considering retirement, honestly. But um, it's kind of hard to say. But I, I, I would, I would think at the very least, like you mentioned, conversations were had. Yeah, I would be surprised if they both. haven't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I think they really like Dalman. I think they want that to work. So I'm, I, it seems like they're going to at least give him a chance, but. You have to think if if it's looking sketchy that they'll probably make some sort of move. So, um, all right, last last significant topic, significant in quotes. Um, so uh, Mike Hughes officially playing in the slot. That that was what he said at his press conference that he was going to play the slot, and it seems like that's confirmed. Um, and then uh, the the first first man up with uh, Jesse Bates out. It's actually Micah Abernathy at safety, uh, who was one of their futures contract guys. Uh, I'm not super familiar with him, but um, I thought that was noteworthy because I, he was not really on my radar at all. Uh, and apparently also Trey Flowers looked good, looked huge, you know, um, which that's kind of what he does. You know, he's giant corner. So, um, yeah, what do you guys think about, uh, you know, Micah Abernathy potentially, Trey Flowers... That safety that safety depth competition is really wide open. Like after you get past Bates, Grant, and Hawkins, it could really be anyone. You know, obviously, I think Demarco Helms has a little bit of an advantage being a draft pick, but other than that, um, a lot of guys there potentially what's, fighting for spots. What does this say for what does this say for Jalen Hawkins? Yeah, I was gonna say like why yeah. like Hawkins was there, right? Like he wasn't excused or I guess I don't know. I don't that know enough about good. that, but yeah. Um, That's not good. Like, yeah, the, the, there's only so much you can evaluate from from May OTAs, but I mean, yeah, yeah if, no, he, if he was there is, and, and was not the primary back, something like that you can't evaluate. Yeah, the fact that bodies were there, and when it came to practicing, who got more reps than who in yeah. certain spots? Because that normally. Is, like you get it with the with the Bergeron thing, right? Like that they're gonna yeah, give yeah, yeah. preference to the veterans, um, but Hawkins is the veteran, so Hawkins is the veteran, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's like yeah, that's that's really weird. Like that that's the yeah. first place my mind went to right there when you when you said that it's Abernathy. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Jalen was like, "Oh, really? Oh, okay. That's that's that that doesn't bode well for Jalen." Now we'll see how OTAs play itself out. We'll see how the training camp plays itself out. It's still early, yeah. But that to me, that does stand out enough. Yeah, I that mean, that's noteworthy. You bring up yeah. Abernathy came in from where. He was a futures contract guy. I think he was, I think he finished the end of last season on the practice squad or maybe even the roster as one of their like depth guys. I don't think he actually played. I think he was active for like a handful of games at the end of the year. And he got I think early, he only played like once now. And he got early OTA reps over a two year starter. Potentially, uh, you know, I I don't I wasn't there, so I don't know the exact details. But that was the 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 observation was that mm. he was getting some snaps. So. Uh, mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so. Also, they gave him uh, Deion Jones's old number. So mm. you know that that's not noteworthy, noteworthy, but you know, forty-five. Hey, it's worth worth. I, I don't know, man. I think that again, there's a lot to be. There's a lot to still occur as the offseason continues. But I, I do find that a little significant. You got it, a guy that's been a starter. And it's, it's, it's not it's not me saying that they made the wrong decision. It's just me looking at it and saying, okay, well, they felt that comfortable with Abernathy that they decided to give him more reps. He, in fairness, he has made a fifty-three man before. He, he has. He was on yeah. the Packers. You know, he was on the Packers last year, so he's not like he's not brand brand new. He's not like no. a UDFA now, like just getting reps, yeah. but. No, he it, entered the league is. in like 2019, I think. So he's been around for a few years on on practice squads and rosters. So, yeah. Also, he was in the in the XFL too. You know, mm-hmm. back in the day, we just talked about that. But um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it, it, it it's not like no matter how we cut it, no matter how how much I'm trying to sugarcoat it right now, it doesn't mm-hmm. look. Uh, it doesn't look very good for Jalen Hawkins at this moment, you know. But you know, hopefully, this will, you know, kind of motivate him to really kick it in the high gear this summer because, you know, maybe he is one of those guys where he thought that his roster spot was secure, and maybe this is a message saying, "Hey, it might not be." Yeah, I mean, it's it's a brand new secondary coach, brand new defensive coordinator. Um, so that that coaching staff in the secondary in particular has been completely revamped. So I, I think, you know, there's not going to be a lot of favoritism or, you know, veteran bonus to that group in particular, because it's a new staff entirely. Whereas like, you look at linebacker, they still got Frank Bush. You know, you look at some of these other spots, some of the, the coaching staff was retained. Um, but, you know, the secondary definitely not. And I, I sort of I sort of have felt all along that like Falcons have these three rookies or not rookies, but three guys that are all entered the final year of their rookie deal in Matt Hennessy, Michael Walker, and Jalen Hawkins. All three of them could save two point seven four million if they're released. Um I don't think they're all gonna get cut. I think one of the three is probably getting cut. That's just been my sort of gut feeling. Um, I always sort of thought Michael Walker was the most likely one, but maybe maybe it isn't Michael Walker. Maybe it's Jan Hawkins because it seems like Matt Hennessy pretty unlikely to be him. He seems like at worst the primary interior backup. So um, maybe it maybe it is Hawkins, which I think would surprise a lot of folks. But 
Um, you know, if this is a brand new secondary coach, brand new secondary system, maybe they are looking to go in a different direction there. Um, and if they're and you know, if Hawkins is your fifth safety, maybe you'd rather save the money uh, elsewhere. So it's definitely interesting. Uh, that was one of the more interesting developments that we heard so far. Um, but again, guys, it's OTAs, right? I mean, we we did fill an hour talking about OTAs, so I, I'm proud of you guys. Uh, <laughs> off of a single, without even talking about the quarterback. Yeah, we well, you no, know, we didn't even I did that on. Yeah, I tr- I was trying to avoid that on purpose uh, because I just I don't even want to wade into that. But I mean, what what do you now that you've met now that you brought it up? Thank you. Um, you know. I personally don't care what quarterbacks look like in OTAs because for probably 50% of the guys the quarterbacks are throwing to, this is the first time they've ever thrown to them, like, period. Like, all these UDFAs. Like, one of the passes that Ritter sailed in that video was to Keelan Harris, so I, I think he's never thrown to before, before these practices. Um, so, you know, it's really not worth your time to get upset about. I guess if you want to because you're bored, that's fine, but... Um, yeah, well, there's no, 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 it's not because you're bored. It's because you, it's because you want to be a jerk and you want to nitpick. Hey, 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 yeah, because your quarterback <laughs> is not in there. Then yeah, you. This is this is something you look for. The first bad throw of OTAs. Oh, see, told you he ain't. He's guy. a bust. He's really. a bust. <laughs> Why didn't we get Lamar? Why didn't we get Lamar? Right. I can still, and I know you guys can still remember. I still. Uh, you know, vividly remember Matt Ryan getting picked off by his OC. I was just about um, to mention that. I the, swear, the, I was the training camp that. before his MVP season. Yep. But and, it, I, whatever. That was in training camp too. This is OTAs, right? This is this this is, this is literally like that was literally weeks before the season, and it was such a big deal that it it ended up you know getting publicized, and then we sit here look. If I if I could address those individuals real quick, <laughs> I really don't like those type of people that want to sit here and root for things to go badly for the team simply because a certain player is not on the team. Like you're sitting here and you're rooting against your favorite team simply because Ritter's your starting quarterback and you want to nitpick every single thing that Ritter does. That is pathetic. Okay. That is completely pathetic. Like get over it. You're going to be sitting here and you're going to be talking about every little thing that he does. Oh, he didn't stretch right. So he must like, who gives a shit? Like, I don't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Who no, it's cares? Okay. I'm popping like, the E on this. I an already said one. So. <laughs> you oh, saw I'm two like, throws. It must have just slipped up. <laughs> you saw two throws. You saw two throws. But you didn't say anything about the, the throw that he hit London in stride on the slant route yesterday. You didn't say anything about that, right? Like, all right, whatever. Cool. Yeah, it's, it, no, go ahead. There's a portion of the fan base that literally was, did not enjoy anything that this team did for 15 years because Matt Ryan was the quarterback and, you know, it wasn't Michael Vick. So, I mean, I don't know. Every fan base has them. Like, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's a numbers game. It, it's, it's math. Like, Every fan base has millions of fans, and in those millions, there's bound to be, you know, a certain percentage that, you know, hits on everything. Like, you know, right. a certain percentage that's too, that's just, you know, uh, curtains and just pure optimism, like throughout. There's a certain percentage that's just pure pessimism. There's a certain percentage that, you know, 
roots against them because you know of their own personal agendas uh, it's just it, it's a numbers game yeah it is it and like you know you're free to be a fan in whatever way you want but i personally i mean i think it's kind of a loser mentality it's like absolutely the, the die has been cast like if you if you disagree with the move to go with ritter like that's fine like if you wanted them to go in a different direction at quarterback that's fine but th- the ship has sailed like th- they're they're not gonna go back on that now so like you can keep that in the back of your mind, but, like, if you're just sort of waiting to to try to prove yourself right, but, like, the consequence of you being right is that the team is bad and that, like, you know, the Falcons' young quarterback is bad, that's a loser mentality. Like, why would you want that? Absolutely. Like, I don't. I would much that? rather be wrong and the Falcons be good than be right and the Falcons suck. Like, that, I mean, that might, because I have, even, my priorities you, are... <laughs> You're sitting here and you're wasting precious time in life just to look and see if Desmond Ritter makes a bad throw so you can have your aha moment. Like, what? That's yeah, like nobody, nobody, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody you cares know, for, about your aha moment. Also, it'll take a lot. Yeah. You know, go, go <laughs> touch, touch some, some grass. grass. Yeah, touch some grass. It's OTAs. Yeah. And like, like you mentioned, Kevin, one of the throws was to a guy that's A, may not even make the roster, and B, the the guy was what five nine five ten probably the first time he's thrown to him like he's they've only been out there for probably like a first day time or he's thrown to a small yeah. like he's yeah. I've been throwing to Drake for three days I'm sorry <laughs> sorry I was throwing to Mosinu in the off season you know so. <laughs> <laughs> my bad my yeah, bad it's, I've been it's I've been lofting it up yeah. to Janu I've been hitting Janu in stride for two yeah. days I missed this out route to this guy that I don't even know what his name is so I'm gonna talk about practice whatever. Talk about practice. <laughs> like it's OTA. It's OTA. Oh God. It's yeah. crazy. There's no pads. There's no there's no defenders. There's they whatever, man. Yeah. Whatever. It's 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 ultimately pointless, but you know, we say that and then we spend an hour talking about it. But uh, you know, hey, it is what it is, right? It, it, you know, we, we there's nothing else to talk about, so we'll talk about it. But even no, but this, we, we just don't take it serious. We didn't spend yeah. an hour of we didn't spend an hour pointing out mistakes that we saw in a 10 no. second video. Like, Oh, yeah. see, you know what? We saw that. So this team must be doomed. Oh yeah, my we God. We got to get our like CSI camera out and like, you know, zoom in, right. you know, and see like, Oh, look, his footwork was, was bad on this one, you know, throw. Oh, look at that. Oh, he came down uh, out of bounds on I that noticed, one. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed, I noticed yesterday that when Drake caught a bubble screen, he kept the ball in his, he kept the ball in his left hand as he was running down the right sideline. Bust. Like you know what that tells me everything I need to know about a receiver. <laughs> yep. Uh, what practice OTAs? You know, and no wonder he has those fumbling issues. He hasn't fixed yeah. them. Exactly. Yep. That's <laughs> like right. Like yeah. yeah. That's why he fumbled. Yep. Like you see it. Whatever. All right, man. Yeah. No, it's just like guys. Like try to have fun with this for God's sake. Like come on. Like this is supposed to be fun, not like. You know, but if that's you want to be thing, a hater, like, that's up to you, I guess. But it just But yeah. that's the thing that like sometimes I think even we forget it. Like this yeah. this fan thing is supposed to be enjoyable. Like it's we're supposed to have fun doing this. We're supposed to enjoy doing this. I think we do for the most part, like personally. We like, do. It, we try. Yeah, we do like <laughs> for five years this shitty team hasn't been above five hundred for a single but day. They, and yeah, we're still still, like, we still have a good time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But that's the thing. Fun. That's the thing, and then largely from the fan base, this offseason has presented so much hope and optimism at this point compared to what this team has been the past two or three years. And you want to waste that time sitting here talking about something small like that. Like this team, this team has been put together 
fairly well this offseason, and there's plenty of there's plenty of hope going into the year. Yeah. I I can't sit, I don't want to sit here and just waste. Yeah. waste time and opportunity just to nitpick on whatever bad thing I see in a 10 second video from OTAs. Like, yeah, this, whatever. No, it, just, it, it, uh, look, I mean, there's going to be yeah. plenty of time to be frustrated in the yes. regular season. <laughs> Save that time. energy for, for yeah, when they like, screw up actually we, when it matters. Like yeah. we talked about it last week, like we have this three month period right now. And I mean, you know, no offense to all the people that go crazy over regular season baseball. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's this three-month, you know, time period of, you know, sort of decompressing, sort of, you know, preparing yourself for the the next few months that'll be, you know, the NFL regular season where you're stressing out and you're like all of this and that. But, you know, for the next three months, just like, you know, just go watch a movie, you know, just, you know, have, you know, Go get some ice cream. You know, it's it's beautiful weather right now. I saw this kid. I saw this kid in his second game loft a corner route over three defenders to Drake for a first down against the Ravens, against Marlon Humphrey in that secondary. In his third game, I saw him squeeze a short hook to Miko with the game on the line in between two defenders. To, to get a first down, keep the ball, keep the clock running, and preserve a win. And you mean to tell me you want to point out a throw in OTAs to a receiver that may not make the team? Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, it's just – Got it. Is it. it is. Yeah, it, it – you know, just try to have fun, guys. Uh, you know, no question about it. I'm ready to. I'm ready to get hurt again. Um, so you know, no question. But in a few uh, months, I'm not. Like, yeah, in a few months. This is in not going to be the year. <laughs> this is not going to be. This is. I'm telling you, man. This is. This is the. There's year. also it, the sad. Not, no, you're right. I mean, I think we're going to enjoy this season. To, no, but it's like it's that's the thing, though. Year. Outside of one team, yeah. every team is eventually. Every fan base is sad at right. the end of the year. It's not a Super Bowl year. I'm sorry, guys. So like, it's not a Super Bowl. Yeah, probably not. But, but I think we might. I be, think we might have a little. Yeah, it could be like I, I, winning football year at least. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I, I think we're going to have fun this huge year. step compared to what yes, we've experienced exactly. in the last few right. years. If we could just right. win week one, get get that winning record finally, that would be enough for me at least to start. Like, can we just get the one win? Can we beat the damn Panthers? All, just... all I want to all I want to say is this: I'm already keeping receipts. Okay. You got him saved. The moment, good. The moment that this team wins ten or eleven games and make the playoffs, I'm dead. I would come for Chris Sims, but I think pretty much everyone I'm, already I'm comes for him. Like I, mean, I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's not even fun to dunk on Chris Sims. Colin Cowherd, yeah. PFF. I mean, didn't he have like? Uh, I'm trying to remember what was his worst quarterback take. It was like, not even. It wasn't who? even this Chris Sims. Didn't he have like? Zach Wilson QB one over Trevor Lawrence or something like that. Chris Sims, it, it, he did something like that. It was well, didn't he say the Chiefs should take Hooker in like the first round this yeah, year? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He did. In case you guys he don't also, know, Chris Sims has, just it's all for show. Like I don't think it's also, serious. Yeah. He also has Desmond Ritter as the fortieth yes, ranked quarterback 40. in the league behind Sam Howell, who threw for 150 yards against the Cowboys. There's backups. 32 teams. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's got a number of backups. Yeah. Again, I'm coming. I, I yes, got Taylor Heineke ahead of Desmond Ritter. 
Right, he does. He does. Right. So hey, fan Taylor Heidke. So yeah. All right, cool, cool. cool legend. Yeah, but yeah, I got my receipts. No. I'm coming. Yep. No, it's whatever. But well, guys, uh, we've somehow filled this air magnificently. Uh, and you might remember we are yeah, pros at this. We're, we're big time pros, but. Uh, <laughs> For those of you that were paying attention, uh, obviously Brett Duke's not here tonight. Uh, he did have a, a conflict, so we were trying to accommodate uh, him, obviously, as a Falcons executive, very busy man. Um, so he will be on June 7th, uh, so two Wednesdays from now. Next Wednesday, we will be off as I will be celebrating uh, Caroline, my wife's tenure. She just got tenure, so congrats to her. Congrats Big to shout out. So we're going to be, you know, taking a week off to celebrate that um, next week. Uh, and again, on Friday, we'll be having our next patron Q&A session. So that will be, I think, 6 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Got some fun people lined up to tackle that. Uh, so if you're a patron or want to get involved with that, patreon.com slash live for all those updates. You can sign up there. Uh, like, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, give us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, yeah, check out the uh, the Discord server as well, the link to which is in the show description. Before we take off, though, want to thank tonight's co-hosts. First of all, Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, uh, let the people know uh, what you're working on. Um, actually, nothing too much recently. Uh, you know, you I got just... some, you know, deep dive, uh, you know, OTA analysis posts coming. You know, one thousand words on Desmond Ritter's bad throws. Considering the fact that Dave never watches the show, I can freely say no, I don't. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, if you do want to check out my last deep dive, uh, that's I mean it's kind of buried on the site, but it's the uh, the Falcons running game article. So you know for sure check that out. Check out my rest breakdown article. Uh, looking at bye weeks, Thursday, Monday games. You know that extra period of rest each team has um and yeah just check out the falcoholic.com where you know even in uh the depths of may we have new stuff being published you know every day pretty much so uh definitely definitely check that out because we are a 365 day a year website yeah no definitely good stuff uh on the falcoholic always guys keep 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 tuned there for all that and then we got Eric Robinson at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. He's at ESPN. Eric, anything you'd like to plug before we sign off tonight? Same as always, man. Plugging the Falcoholic. Excuse me. Public. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> the Falcoholic. <laughs> I'll get it out at some point. Yeah. Uh, Plugging the Falcoholic, man. Uh, one-stop shop for everything. Um, and I know Kevin and Adnan are just out here churning out uh, great content, great material. Um, time and time again, like you guys say, this is kind of sort of like that dreary part of the offseason where you're just trying to find things to write about and talk about. But I guarantee you, man, if alcoholic will have you guys uh, well, well aware of what's going on, any and everything. Falcon. So check it out. Absolutely. I mean, we we teased J.J. Ortega-Whiteside for like 20 minutes to start the show. If that tells you just what kind of the time period it is. Just, oh, yeah. You know, we we gotta we gotta make do with what we have okay and and we're pros so we're gonna we're not just gonna give it to you off the top 
We'll talk about that big Falcon signing, you know, in a few minutes here. Who know, did the Falcon sign at wide receiver? Stay tuned to find out after these messages. This former second round draft pick who was a is not yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had 14 touchdowns in 2019, but not in the NFL. <laughs> hey. He's had one in the NFL. Yeah. yeah, he's had one. You know, he's got the one. He got the he got the dub. That's as many as yeah, Kyle Pitts, right? Yeah. Much small fits on U.S. soil, huh? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, man. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Tonight's show was presented by Bet Online. Uh, again, guys, we will see you on Friday for the patron Q&A, and then we will see you a couple Wednesdays from now as we welcome in Brett Jukes to, uh, to get into some more off-season discussion. So we'll see you then, guys. Thanks again for watching. Thanks to everyone for donating to the training camp fund. We will catch up in uh, not too long. So until then, guys, have a great night. Appreciate you.